everybody. Welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. I'm Rob. Zach's roaming around the catacombs, and I'll explain that. We're in a subterranean dig under what used to be a Lakeshore Record Exchange on Lake Avenue. And we're looking around for the long lost, it's not the lost Ark, it's the Gothic Toad album. We heard this was legendary. This band was just incredible. And we can't find it anywhere. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that rock from those days. Call it classic rock, hard rock, metal, whatever the hell we want for music. And luckily we're blessed by some very good guests. Actually, we have the second president of the United States, John Adams, right here. Hi, John. Hello, how are and you And we today? actually have some connections to the Toad there, Jeff and Rob. Hey, what's up? Oh, my God. <laughs> and and we'll actually, we'll start with you, Rob, a little bit, because you've drummed for Lou Graham. If you'd like to just talk about that a little, we'll talk about Foreigner, Lou, and then we'll just see where the hell this goes, unless we find that album. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, up until just recently, I've been drumming for Lou Graham for the last three years, going all over North America with him, having a great time. The first time you played, did it feel like the first time? Yeah, it did feel like the first time, and just recently felt like the last time, but yeah, it was great, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I give you credit, man. You're like living the dream. Yeah. You know, like I mean, I think zero. about this That's all these great. years ago, and then you're drumming for Lou. And what was the experience like? How was it on the road and everything? And the one thing I want to ask, technically, what song was did you really get into playing? Did you really enjoy your... Because you've drummed for a long time. Yeah, I've been, well, I've been drumming for, what, 43, 44 years, you know, ever since I was like six or seven. And, um, no, I mean, playing with Lou, I mean, you know... I, I, I've done stuff with him prior to actually joining the band. I had filled in for his brother, Ben, when Ben got sick three days before his show and and did a gig out in California uh, about 10 years ago. And then I would rehearse, like if Ben couldn't make it in from New York City, hey, we need we want to rehearse, can you go drum? And I would do that. And then back in 2004, and again two years ago, we, we did a couple sessions re-recording some foreigner music to be used for promotional uh, purposes, so... In 2004, I did about uh, six or seven songs, and then two years ago, we we did it again um, and recorded a bunch of foreigner songs, pieces of them, not the whole song. And and so, you know, all over throughout the years, I've been associated with Lou. His his nephew Peter, who's Ben's son, sang with us in a foreigner tribute band as well, and Lou's played with that. So when I finally got the chance to play in Lou's band for good, you know, it was kind of kind of a dream come true. I never expected that. You know, I would get that chance, um, but it came. And, man, I met a lot of people, played in front of a lot of people, um, saw some real cool places, lose a cool dude. He's he's really funny, you know, when you get him going. And, uh, Likes his muscle cars. Loves his cars, yep, yep. And, uh, yeah, so I can't complain. You know, one way to do this for an intro, because I have that historian in me, what first got all of you into this music, this what was your first thing, your first album, or like what really got you? Said, "Wow, this is the type of stuff I like." Except for Yingling <clears throat> Malstein, who can be boring after yeah, a while. That, that show last night was so. It would have been great. Well, we'll go to that. Which one are your thoughts on Yingling Malstein? <laughs> uh, we're jumping into that one, or we're do you, you want to we'll, start with what? We'll, we'll do that. Then we'll go back to that question. And we're random here. Uh, well, uh, all right. So, I, I guess there's a couple things. I'll start. I'll start with, um, like what kind of got me to this point okay. in music, right? And then I'll explain the whole show that I was at last night. Um, I guess like most kids when they're really young, there's something like you get attached to somehow, some way. Um, and I'm not shy and sane when I was really, really young. Uh, what the hell was the name of that band? They had a... ABBA? 
No, no. <laughs> close to it. Close to, close to it. Um, Village people. No. Oh. Hey, can you swear on this? Fuck no. Okay, no. good. It, oh, fuck, shit. it's driving me up the wall. Man, I clicked that little explicit They played this song Saturday button. Night Special or Saturday Night... Oh, uh, Skinner. Special. No. Fuck, they had a TV show. The Monkees. Bay City Rollers. Yes, there you go. Oh, oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. So, Once he gets the prize. Well, Duncan was cute. Oh, so, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, um... That was like the first like, like thing about music, you know. It was it was Bay City Rollers, a TV show or whatever. You're like, oh, okay, great. And then, uh, then it was Sticks. I really like that's a that, big leap, a massive leap. Thank God I made it though. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Sticks is, I would say, for classic rock perspective, that was like the band for me. Um, and then from Sticks, I went to Iron Maiden, and then from there, just. We'll get in. Then it was all. The only thing with sticks is they got me on that Mr. Roboto stuff. Yeah, that like turned me off. That sort of got me a little bit, like Paradise Theater, Pieces of Eight, Equinox. Yeah, I will say this. I'm going to throw it out there. I know we were going to talk about it later, but sticks will always hold a place in the fans of Steelers, in the hearts of Steelers fans. Yep. For the old Renegade videos, which are still played. Yeah. Go to um, YouTube, and every every month there's a different you go to Steelers the, pump Yeah, you go Renegade. to the game, and they, they played at the oh, game, God, which, which, which is great. Um, but, you know, like, Sticks, Sticks was the band, and then it was Iron Maiden, and to me, they're we'll definitely my all-time favorite. But, but You're since going it, to see Iron Maiden soon, aren't you? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a fiasco getting those tickets, Bruce, but I did. <laughs> we're plugging you. Give us something. But I will. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm Good gonna. I'm gonna kind of. I guess bring this back around. So at the intro, you were talking about Gothic Toad. Um, for people that don't know, that was me and Rob's band uh, back in high school. And I want to take this time to apologize for Rob, or apologize to Rob um, for breaking up the band. But I, I just never I, forgave you. You know, I mean, it was. It was tough. Just you when know? you were going to do a stadium tour. Well, I mean, let, with let, yeah. no, let's think about yeah. this. So, with Evan, the you know, we're, we're, we're like normal bands. You start in somebody's garage or basement. It was Rob's basement. And, you know, we're playing. We're, you know, having fun, doing our thing. And then next thing you know, we're playing in front of like 30 people at school. And it was just bizarre. <laughs> um, you know, you're walking down the hall. And you got people that, you know, like come the up to you like, dude. hey, do you, do, you have, uh, do you have the notes from math class? I just couldn't handle it. I mean, you know, the notes for math class, that, yeah. that really meant, hey, can I be your roadie? Yes. Or, yeah. you know, I, can I get free tickets backstage? Well, and that's not yeah. why I get into music. No, and no, I, I'm no. like, I couldn't do it. The and star I, thing was getting to you early. I know. Massively popular. Know, people would ask me for pencils all the time, and I knew they really wanted drumsticks. Exactly. <laughs> you know. like, but you can handle it. There's I couldn't. This whole hidden language I've just never been privy to. throwing themselves at you. I'd walk out of social studies class, and... You know, next thing you know, I look around and there's like massive amount of people following me. I'm like, yeah. what the hell is up with this? Sure, they use the excuse they're going to class, right? Yeah. 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 What do you think of that test? Well, what do you mean by that? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm like, I'm done. There was whole secret it. language to rock and roll. We learned it early. Really early. Some yeah, of us handled I, the pressure I, and Jeff cracked. I guess we go on. This about Ying Bay just because we were talking about it. Look, I broke up the band. I get it. You know, and. Uh, it took a while to kind of reconnect with Rob over it. It was tough. Yes. But for my own sanity, I had to do it. Every so, time I went to your parents' party house, I just had flashbacks. Yeah. You know, and it you, just, didn't, you didn't have to do a Blues Brothers style montage. No, there was going to various no. restaurants and stores. No reunion tours. We're not doing any no. of that. When we said I've it was heard done, rumors. 
Rich Stadium in January. Well, you know, and if I was still drumming for Lou, my contingency with him was if Gothic Toad ever came back. <laughs> sorry, Lou, you're going to have to get a sub because, you know, it's just more important to me. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, let's be honest. I don't even think he would tour. He would cancel the tour to be at that show, though. Correct. All right, right. I think we're going to have to so, start a GoFundMe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They don't need it. So, People would donate. A Toad Fund Me. So, <laughs> so not only did I get into music early, you know, I had my fourth, you know, my little dip my toe in the whole rock star thing and couldn't handle it. Yeah. Bailed, but... Yeah. Well, John, Still when you were governing the country though. back in the 1800s, what got you into this? Uh, I went to Boy Scout camp when I was 13, and up to that point, anybody remember WEZO, the Easy Listening Radio oh, Station? Yeah. yeah. That's all my parents let me listen to. <laughs> and I went to Boy Scout camp for two that weeks. That explains a lot. That helped yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they played... Led Zeppelin two with Mr. And Slippy Fist, Def the DJ. Pyromedia on loop for two <laughs> weeks, and uh, when I came back, I started the band, became a bass player, and uh, my mother thought I'd gone to the devil. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm probably the only person in Rochester that has never been involved in a band. <laughs> well, we'll have to involve you if the Toad does reunite. <laughs> yeah. You could be our. You'll be part of it. Bodyguard. You know, I wanted to point out that uh, when I was 13 and 14, I really wanted to be a rock star tour. Because it got the tote. Absolutely. You know, it got the, the, the inspiration was on that. But I tell you, Rob <laughs> has been doing that for years, and he says he's been drumming for 44 years. And in my estimation, he started about eight years before he was born because he does not look <laughs> like he's aged in the rock and roll lifestyle. If I was doing that, it would be along the lines of Lemmy. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, you look great God, for by the way, God rest the road his soul. for so long. Thank you. Say again? God rest his soul, man, because that yeah. guy, oh, Lemmy. how is he not Legend. in the rock and roll hall of fame? But you know what the weird thing about Lemmy is? The guy was an... Uh, how much that guy drank and drank and drank and drank, and yet not one musician that you ever hear talk about Lemmy can ever remember the guy remotely drunk. For as much as he drank, nobody, you, talk, you listen to anybody say anything about Lemmy, nobody's ever seen the guy drunk. <laughs> not quite like Shane No, the thing, I remember, a point. Oh, tolerance. I, remember reading right? about, I remember reading about Lemmy living on a houseboat, starting the day with a pitcher of vodka and OJ. Starting the day. Yeah. That'd be a good day then. then. Well, <laughs> we got the OJ part it's for you the know. first hour. Yeah, yeah you, you, know, you got your vitamins. <laughs> but no, I never heard any stories about any weird stuff. Lemmy was wasted at concert. That's what I'm saying. All I remember never seeing that. him at the Penny Arcade. He had that cigarette in his mouth the whole show. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really loud. You didn't even have to go oh. to the show. You could stay in the park. When I, when I I, I went and saw Alice Cooper in, in 86. It was my freshman year of high school or high school, uh, college, and I don't know if you went to that show, but I went to see Alice Cooper at the Auditorium Theater and Motorhead opened up. And I swear to God, I'd never seen Motorhead in my life, and my I couldn't hear for weeks after that Motorhead <laughs> was so loud. Holy shit. The only one I ever heard loud. that was supposed to be as loud was ACDC, but that's the one band I never saw. Really? No, I, I heard they reverberated against the wall sometime, but I can't think of anybody being louder than Motorhead. I heard Reverend Horton Eaton was really loud in the day, but they mellowed out. Wow. Well. well. That's I why I wear hearing aids right now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's one I always miss. Oh, hey, dude, I'm like heading down the There you go. You got them, too. No shit. I'm the lone, lone holdout here, apparently. <laughs> what? But what actually got you first to do this music? Like, this type of music we're talking about. Because you were always into it. I remember Long Live Randy Rhodes for all of us. Oh, yeah, man. Um, 
Well, my story started similar to Jeff's, I guess, because it was another, you know, one of those wacky bands you never want to admit that you listen to. But my mother always was into the Osmonds. I watched Donnie Marie. I yeah. had a full story. Well, I had a crush on her. Yeah. But this was even I'm like Donnie? the brothers. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm Marie. Oh, okay. <laughs> just a little bit country, a little bit rock. Right. Phil, Phil there's anything wrong with that. No, no. I mean, whatever floats your boat, I'm fine, man. Go for it. But uh, so my mom had Osmond records, and I used to drum along to those. And I had this little metal chair and this big, thick Disney book. And I would hit the top of the chair that made a metal metallic ting sound like a cymbal, and I'd hit the book and stomp my feet. And that was, that was like my first makeshift drum set. And then, and then when Kiss uh, appeared on Paul Lynn's Halloween special in 76, that corrupted me because I was like, holy fuck. What the hell is this Kiss shit? And Paul Lynn? Why have I never heard that was a thing? Oh, oh man. You can catch it on YouTube. I'm going to find that. Yeah, you got to find it. That was actually related to that. You know, two Robs don't make it right, but that's both us here. That's right. That was literally the same thing for me. I used mm-hmm. to watch Donnie and Marie. Yeah. I used to watch the Bugaboos and H.R. Puffin stuff. Yeah. Loved H.R. Puffin. And you oh, don't yeah. have to do drugs if you watch H.R. Puffin stuff. Right, they did no, it for you, us. No, if you do, you understand it. Well, the thing was, I saw the but what I saw the legendary movie at the time that's not very good. If you see it now, Kiss Meets the Phantom. Oh Park. God, that shit. that guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I watched Kiss, yeah. and I remember Detroit Rock City, Beth on the Paul Lynn special, mm-hmm. and I'm, yeah. what the heck is this? Then yeah. I went down. The first Kiss album I ever got was Alive. Yep. Okay. Yep. And that I just went from there. Then I started sure. picking up other stuff. Yeah. I was never like into Kiss. Like never really. They didn't yeah, really. Was I? Yeah, it's weird. Like you're either like really, really like them, and oh, that was the band that yeah. like them, or you don't. There's, I don't think there's an in between. I well, think they're the showmen. I think a lot of people, you look yeah. at the angle like that, that they're showmen. Yeah, and that's well, the way you look. I, got, at I have nothing. I got no problems with that at all. Oh, I mean, a lot of respect. They they yeah. cut the teeth for a lot of rock and rollers. Yeah. Well, they they made it a lot more profitable. Sure. For a lot more bands yeah. by showing say, what you can Rob, do. You and I were talking about this the other day. Yeah. They they're marketing geniuses, especially Absolutely. Gene Simmons. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, the man is a marketing. But genius. then the other one that got me was Diary of a Madman and Ozzy. Well, that yeah, that came a little long after for me. Yeah. yeah, when I well, see when I first saw um, Ozzy on After Hours, you know, I saw actually saw that when it was broadcast because that was the only way you could. It, yeah. There was no MTV. There was no YouTube nothing, and it was like simulcasted that. on CMF. And I recorded them. Oh, cassette. remember those days, like the Pink Biscuit have. Flower Hour yeah. rock yeah. line? All I this got stuff? one of those. I got one of the Ozzy. Actually, the actual vinyl I got from Lakeshore Records. I paid thirty dollars for it back in like '82. I still have it, and it's probably worth a lot more than thirty dollars. But I actually have the it's two vinyl set, you know. And, the story uh, I, I heard when they played the Diary tour here, and we were so looking forward to seeing Randy Rhodes. That's no. when the tragedy occurred. Yeah. That Bernie Torme, yep. he was playing. The story I heard in Rudy Sarzer's book Riding the Rails is that Brad Gillis was in the wings, listening, practicing, mm-hmm. getting ready to take over. Uh, I don't know if that was here when it happened, but yeah, he was. Well, he was groomed. Rudy says in his book. Cause yeah. Because he, he played bass. Wasn't he one of the guys that um, Ozzy auditioned? Who? Brad Gillis? Before, no. like, when they were doing Randy. Like, okay, I got to get a put a get band together. Sabbath fired me. You're auditioning all these. Wasn't Brad Gillis one of the people that I he don't was think aud- so. auditioning? I never heard that. Randy? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. No. Like, but I'm out of the rock scene. You, you're in it. I mean, I bailed in high school, man. Well, I knew Brad was getting <laughs> groomed. It was too much. The fame yeah. was too much. The fame was too much. Yeah. We've, we've already gone. That's been discussed in, in, yeah. in rock lore 
the Jeff Bauman breakdown. Uh, <laughs> you can just Google that anywhere. It's behind the music. Yes. Yes. I heard you were in a monastery in Las Opposite for a while. No, that's a rumor, though. No, no, I was. Uh, ex- it, 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 all right. The so, rumors of your death have been greatly exaggerated. We're gonna do a special on the no, mysterious. No, it was. It was. I I moved to Belgium. And I worked in this old waffle uh, factory. No, it wasn't waffle. It was actually it was it was, a, it was a brewery, and my job was to clean the tanks. But what they didn't tell uh, me is you clean them after they're empty. Oh, so I thought you just went in and just start drinking until you you know. And I just what was I, cleaning drinking? Tanks clean, Wait a minute. I think the Belgian word for clean is drink. So yeah. you were doing your job I, I, properly. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. The but, thing for yeah, me then too, from so. Ozzy, I got into. I actually went. I went down to Sears and I bought Paranoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got into that. Then I found. Then I got Mob Rules deal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Dio's been oh, everywhere. Dio. I've seen him. Yeah. I to, still to, have, me, to me, I, I'll be. Sabbath. With, I like Sabbath with Dio. Oh, no doubt. I do better than Sabbath yes. with Ozzy. I do. I know it's like. Well, I know the story them. is that a lot of people they don't you. realize that Geezer Butler, who by the way is a vegetarian Christian, and they started wearing the crosses because they said a bunch of weirdos started coming to their hotels, and, and somebody told Ozzy one time by saying by talking about the devil, you invoke him, and he said. Next place that the first album didn't sell so well. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but he wrote all the songs. Ozzy was like so wasted all the time. They'd have to go find him. Yeah. So he really didn't do anything. Well, Geezer always wrote the words. Yeah. I mean, Ozzy's really not contributed much to any vocals he's ever sang as far as writing the words. Yeah, it was yeah. either Bob Daisley, yeah. Geezer Butler, or whoever. Not that Ozzy didn't contribute melodies. You know, but if you listen, it, it's funny, like history always changes in time. And if you listen to the history of Ozzy now and how I think he and Sharon want it, want it to be told, um, you know, Ozzy sat down with Randy Rhodes and he, Ozzy hummed and Randy wrote. And that's how it all came. And that's not really the truth, because if I got Bob Daisley's book off the rails. Yeah. And if you really want to read the truth, that really tells you how Bob really worked with Randy and then later Lee. And they kind of wrote those tunes. And Ozzy did contribute, but... It's just interesting how you know the the victors write the history. Oh, I guess, of course, is the saying, Tony but... Iommi had the thing, the accident where he the thumb. I was yeah. going to say, was that him or Geezer? I couldn't remember. No, that he was lost him. Part of his yeah. And we me, did. Yeah. He was like, "I'm done. I'm done. I'm never going to play." And then he heard about Django Reinhardt, the famous gypsy guitar player who had part of his finger off. Mm-hmm. And did you know that Tony Iommi was in Jethro Tull for about six months? Yeah. Watch Rock and Roll Circus. He's in there. He just didn't like the music. Yeah. I had I no do idea. He thought it was Jethro yeah. Dull. With Rob, <laughs> what Rob said about uh, Sharon and Ozzy, I, I have the one correction: that the way that Sharon and Ozzy want this story told, it's really it's just Sharon. Well, yeah, Ozzy kind of just goes along. Sharon, hold on, hold on, hold on, no. hold on. I mean, it, without her. I don't think he'd be where he is. Well, correct. He'd be dead. Well, correct. Now. Well, you, you, no, you can, safe you can, in a house. Can, well, yeah. yeah, he'd probably be dead six feet yeah. under. But no, you got to give her credit. You for have that. to yes. give her credit. Yes. for managing an artist. Yes, and getting getting that artist to this point. Yeah, I mean, but but and this well, not to really bug on Sharon, but. Just, here's a case in point. Look what they did about eight years ago. They went back, took the original two records, and got two other guys to re-record Bob Daisley and Leakers Lake's par- parts because they they were in a battle with those guys over royalties. And yeah, that's for really so. And that really was a bad PR move. I've got him. I bought him out of well, curiosity. Who, but, who's 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 it a bad but, PR move for? Because Ozzy regrets it. Ozzy, they, Ozzy was like, ah, yeah, I shouldn't. Well, have done he probably that, regrets it because of friendship stuff. 
But Sharon's doing it because that's more money in the coffers. Right, but she did, they did that to F. I wonder the if other she orchestrated guys. the whole Black that's Sabbath reunion. Because did anybody ever hear the new album? Oh, without a doubt, she had to. I thought they it was, don't have it without. Her. I thought it was overproduced myself a little bit. Like it just sounded like the Ozzy's voice was weak, and they really had to amp the production but up that's on a, it. That's actually the only time I ever saw Black Sabbath was the reunion, back in the what late nineties. Which mm. one? The first one. Dio, but they did Heaven and Hell. No, but it was, was Heaven and no, Hell. No, but the, oh, this was the Black Sabbath reunion that. tour yeah. with Ozzy. And I remember it was at the old Civic Arena in Pittsburgh. And Pantera opened up. Oh, my God. That'd <laughs> be a great show. Yeah, back in the days of Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. Uh, then the Deftones were supposed to play, but apparently, like, yeah, their a... equipment was stolen. <laughs> so Pantera, like, just kept on playing. I have no issues with that, but no. I mean, Deftone, that would have been a great bill. Yeah, and then Ozzy and Black Sabbath came on. But so yeah, so I did get to see Pantera. Say, Lord, awesome. this one too. Oh, yeah, the Heaven and Hell issue, right? So Ozzy and Sharon re recorded that album to kind of screw the, those original musicians, and they were uh, a little apologetic about that. But Heaven and Hell came about because they were touring as Black Sabbath, and Ozzy had a problem with that name. He didn't want them to tour as Black Sabbath. Right, because Sabbath had already reformed, so then when they went back to Dio, they're like, well, mm-hmm. you got to call it something else. Mm-hmm. I have to say, Dio pointed to me at one concert at the War Memorial during the last line. Dude, I got two. <laughs> I almost wet my did pants. He, did, he, did he think you were a holy diver? <laughs> that was good. Let's see. Heaven, no, I thought he was hell, a rainbow. Hell, 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 oh, hell. That one was better. No, what did he do to you? What about Dio? Oh, dude, I got the two fingers, man, right at me. Awesome. Because yeah. you're the last thing. Double ones looked right at me. Yeah. And then I got Vivian Campbell actually shook my hand. Hold on, hold on. There since since we're talking about Dio, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm going to flip the script here. Um, <laughs> oh, that's what we're doing. What, what, do, you, what do you guys think about this whole hologram thing that they're doing with Dio for touring? No. Like, they got the band and then, like, a video of him. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I knew about that before it was going to happen through certain connections that I was privy to have and I, I know I, I know a little bit behind the history of that and it's pretty cool I think but but it I don't know man. It look at it this way. The history of rock very shortly all these guys are gonna be dead. So you either got two choices. You either got tribute bands, which are already doing well in casinos and stuff, or this hologram thing is starting to gather steam because they're doing one now for Frank Zappa. Freddie Mercury, are they doing one? Uh, I wouldn't doubt if they do that at some point, but I don't know. But there's other people, too, that did a hologram. And sometimes... Man, I don't, it's creepy, I, I, man. Yeah. It's creepy. Well, I just push down and cry. I'm not, yeah, I'm I don't not know, spending man. money yeah. to well, go watch thing. a TV screen. I was going to say, exactly. what's the difference between that and just watching them on TV? Right. But that's it. Just, for I me, can't... for Dio, too, I have to bring up probably my favorite song with Dio is Man on Silver Mountain. That's a great song. Rainbow, yeah. one of them. I was going to say, that was his Him and Richie days. Blackboard and not well. Who does get along yeah, with Richie yeah, Blackboard? That, that, that's your top? I don't know. Rainbow in the Dark's really good. Heaven and Hell. There's too many, man. There's too that many. Guy, that guy was just so good. And he's like, singing the doo How's he not in the Ride the Tiger, thing. Rob. You want to hear something funny? <laughs> yeah. He went to the UB, UB for to be a pharmacist. Is he from around Syracuse? He's from the Portland, uh, Portland, Portland area. Portland, yeah. And my dad was within a year of uh, UB studying to be a pharmacist as Ronnie because they were born like within a year each other the same age. I'm like, you ever go to school with a guy named Ronald Pavada or whatever the hell his real name is, you know, for pharmacy school? My dad didn't know, didn't ring a bell, but it's weird that my dad and Ronnie were, were at the same pharmacy school within a year or two. That's pretty damn random. There's a big sign out by Cortland, too, if you drive down there. Now they advertise on the radio. Home of Ronnie James Deal. Yeah. 
Well, it's Cortland. <laughs> what else you got? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what else <laughs> you got? <laughs> found, you no offense to Cortland, but come on. What else they got? Cortland Apples? I mean, of music? You've got Ronnie James Dio and the band Raven. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have, I still remember that thing, Stars. The benefit thing oh, where, yeah, where yeah, everybody's yeah. and I remember this singing like Ingve Malmsteen, your favorite, sitting there yeah. playing guitar and I remember the video that yeah, came yeah. out and they were interviewing the guys from Spinal Tap and one of them was sitting there going, I love how he puts the J and uh Yngwie J Malmsteen to differentiate himself between all the other Ingve Malmsteen. <laughs> They're doing like a reunion thing, Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap, yeah, like I heard their that again. 40th anniversary. Well, Derek Small's got a new album out. It's been out for a while now. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't oh, Small's wow. change. Oh, Small's oh, change. Goodness. It's oh, bad. Oh, that movie. Alice Cooper said I. It goes up to never see. But I saw Judas <laughs> I Priest that. one time That's at hilarious. Darien Lake. They started out playing Electric Eye. They came down these pods, and Rob Halford got stuck in the pod. Uh, and he's trying like to see you. were trying to see, like the bass player in Spinal Tap. Yeah, was he saying up here in space? I'm still up here in space. They're trying to get, get him me out of here. I'm still. He tries to come up and pretend nothing happens. Yeah. Well, why don't we talk a little about Judas Priest? Because I love him. Great band. You mean I the know. cover band Judas Priest that's out there with no original guitar player Judas Priest? Hope you guys. No, the original. Oh, okay, the original Judas Priest. Actually, you just got Rob Halford's Christmas album. Which oh the Christmas ride or Winter song his yeah yeah his I got solo that. album with, with three resurrection is unbelievable oh that's did you ever amazing. hear the duet he did with Bruce Dickinson oh yeah the one that, you love the to, one you love to hate, hate. yeah it's oh, yeah, a yeah, great yeah. tune yeah. but I actually great, remember, highly recommend it I just yeah. remember that I learned about them because one time we asked our favorite albums in school and then we got to go to the principal if we mentioned any I got in trouble for an Iron Maiden thing in high school. Really? From sister, from one of the nuns. Sister Margaret Mary? No, it was sister. Just wrap sister. your hand with no, a ruler? Was that, was that when you were at Our Lady of Perpetual Motion? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So, so but, the, the, the thing, like, Mary. all right, so we all went to Cardinal Mooney, which is no more, but... Um, yeah. Because Gothic Toad broke it up. Yes. <laughs> it blew the roof off like, the place. We were literally. done and like nobody wanted to. Everybody was going there because they could hang around with us. I get it. Right. Right. So it wasn't the Catholic thing at all. It was so I remember, I remember my first day at school and prior you had to do like some orientation thing and this app I will bring this back around to music and I met this kid Pat Ball great great guy <laughs> blast had had have a blast with the guy hilarious funny as shit and um he's in my class you know okay awesome he shows up and you gotta wear a dress shirt and you gotta wear a tie and he's got this white dress shirt on with this tie and he's got a concert t shirt underneath it. <laughs> And it's and it's Metallica, kill them all, oh, and you can clearly see, see it the, the logo straight through the back of the shirt. Oh my God! Was, was it a sock tie? By the way, remember was, those sock oh, yeah, ties? Oh really, yeah, really, really, really thin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they recorded that album in Rochester. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing them, Master of Puppets, Cliff Burton playing before Ozzy played. Was that? I remember Ron Stein at Lakeshore Records when Master Puffets, Puff Puffets, Master. Puff, <laughs> I got that one too. We came out. Bird no, wait, no, that's the new Gothic Tour. Master, Master, Master of Puffets. Master of Puffets. I was actually done by Fraggle Rock. Uh, yes. <laughs> so Ron had all had all the record shelves, of course, in his store, and he took a copy of Master of Puffets and put it in front of every record, so it looked like the whole store. This is going to scare you. I remember this. You went to Lakeshore Records. Changed to get Master of Puppets, and I he go said, there all the time. and he said, used to play he that goes, in your car with Samino all the time. And he, and oh, wow. he goes, he goes, Master of Puppets. You go, no, Slim Whitley. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing that that show when 
Um, they were opening for Ozzy. I remember. Was it, like, which tour it, was that? Was that Bark at the Moon? No, it was no, Ultimate Sin. Ultimate Sin. Ultimate yeah, Sin. Yeah, okay. Jake Ely. Okay. Yep. And I remember in high school, everybody was talking, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. And I can remember me and Samino and Sheldon going, nah, Metallica. Uh, you, when you guys see Metallica, you're going to be like, who's Metallica? I traded with Sam yeah. Lucia. I got Ride the Light. And this is what kills me. <laughs> this is what kills me. And then I guess this is the function of Facebook and social media. So Metallica just, and by the way, they blew Ozzy off the stage back then. They just played Buffalo, right? And you have all these people on Facebook. Oh, Metallica went to Metallica. Yeah, and you paid $175 to sit in the nosebleed section. And in high school, you wanted nothing to do with them. Right. And the like tickets cost nothing. six bucks. Yeah, I know. Right. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> and, but, but you're this massive Metallica fan. I'm like, whatever, man. If you like the music, it's great. Go for Jump it. Jump on the bandwagon. Right. And, and more power to the band. The cool more power part to was we musicians. saw Evolve. Because we oh, were yeah, in yeah, at yeah, that yeah. time. Like, I had my cassette of Ride the Light. I still have the, the original pressings before Elektra signed them yeah. of the first couple records and the original Garage yeah. Days. I have all that. I still have all my yeah. vinyl with that stuff. I mean, that's Ooh. amazing and stuff. And I saw Cliff Burton, and I hope I didn't curse him because he came out after the show, mm-hmm. and then he was gone. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we saw the original band. Oh, yeah. That, that's, well, not Dave Mustaine. Wow. Well, side, side story on the Metallica Buffalo show. I didn't go, but we have a domino store that was three blocks from that show. And they hit a record night that night because <laughs> oh, everybody went to buy pizza. I want to play more Metallica shows. <laughs> and John, since we're bringing up you, I know you have a special affinity for the Scorpions. Oh, hell yes. Now, greatest band like to say of all about time. Them? Yeah, debatable. Debatable. Oh, oh, debatable. Oh, here we go. So we put them next Rolling to up my other. sleeves. Bring it. I was like Scorpions, but I think I, I think I was more of an Accept fan in oh, high school. Oh, oh yeah, okay, that, that hurt. hurt. I made him right, a thousand guitars. That hurt. Let, let, let's hear, let's, let's but hear. I love Scorpions. Let's, let's hear about let's hear about Scorpions, man. Come on. It's, well, Scorpions are just you know, when I came back from from Boy Scout camp, now a rock and roller, and uh, went to the side of the devil. Right but, about that time, um, here I am blanking on the on the. On the album, more than Love at First Sting. It was, it was Love at First Sting, right? So Love at First Sting came out the next year. I don't know when I heard the police. I, I love the entire love. album. Worldwide Live was the the next year after that. I went to see them. That was my very first concert, real concert that I saw. Well, bon Jovi that, opened. I think that that's mm. probably it. Like, well, one of my first like, concerts. If you're just yeah. getting into rock, mm-hmm. and like, that's the and you go see that. You know, you like the band, and you go and that's your first show. Your hook. Well, I let oh, off. Yeah. My first three were with Ozzy when they played here on Diver Man and Rainbow Ride and Scorpions. And something else that I can't remember now. Gothic <laughs> Toad. I mean. Gothic Toad. Well, yeah, that, Gothic that, Toad. <laughs> that was the nosebleed seat, so I couldn't even well, see Well, that it. ruined it for you, for everybody else. If you okay, then right here's yeah. fine. What, one was, of us, yeah. what was the best show you've ever seen, though? What was, what's, like, the best concert you've ever seen? I remember that Iron Maiden Judas Priest show was incredible. And that was Iron Maiden. Was, that was their last stop on that tour. It was Screaming for Vengeance and Number of the Beast. That was incredible. Iron Maiden just um, released... On their YouTube channel, uh, their three series documentary leading up to I've seen Flight Six Six Six. No, no, they they did one um, different than that. Oh. Um, you, you go to the station; it's it's actually really. But what's really the good best Scorpion movie. show you've ever seen? Then, <laughs> well, uh, back four years ago, they played a tour like a through the U.S. and oh, check uh, it out. Uh, my girlfriend, my son, and myself went to see them in Columbus, Ohio. They did a great job. And then we went the following night, and we saw them in Cleveland. And Cleveland was an absolutely special, special show. It was amazing. Did you not get the camera? Where did they play in Cleveland? Where? Yeah. It was uh, Jacob's uh, Amphitheater. Is is that what it's called? Jacob's 
something or other. It was a big open space, a uh, roof, but open on the sides. Okay. The end of the show, just about the end of the show, they played Wind of Change, which was a great tune. And right at the last note, Klaus um, fist-pumped Rudy yeah, because the crowd had reacted to this, this song absolutely amazingly. And it was the greatest moment I've ever seen in rock and roll. I was literally in tears in the crowd. This is this is how affected I am by the Scorpions. <laughs> hey, there you go. I was hey, affected when I was hey, a kid. Look, I Rob is like, judging me I now. Like, no, I, no, I used to like the nudie album covers when we were a kid, like with the one with the bubble uh, gum on the boobies and stuff. You know, when you were a kid. How do we go from Scorpions to that? Well, back yeah. in the day, now like, they had those album, album covers. Oh, 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 you're talking about oh yeah, right, right. Animal magnetism. Yeah, I lost you for a second. But back in the day, you'd get you'd buy an album and you'd you'd open up and you'd spend like. You're listening to the to the to the album, right? You put it on your stereo, and you're like mm-hmm. dissecting everything that's in that, you know, the liner notes. Yeah. Reading, like who are they thanking? Well, that's that's and the you forget uh-huh. that's when humans had attention spans. Yeah, true. What? Yeah, true. What were we talking about? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. All right. So you're listening you're, to records. You're you're. you're, you're I'm not going to say best, was, but that was one of the best. All right. Because I never know. Yours whatever. was uh, oh, Scorpions in Cleveland. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. What about yours? Was your like best show you ever been to? You know, it's so hard because you know you, you your best show thirty years ago is different than what you think is best today because you're not in the same mind frame. Right. But I'll I'll I probably without really having to think about it would be my first show, which was Kiss and Night Ranger at the War Memorial, <laughs> and and this is when Night Ranger came out with their first record. Kiss was on Creatures of the Night. It was Paul Stanley's Remember birthday. Remember the birthday cake? They birthday. brought the birthday cake out, and the War Memorial was half filled. I was there. Right. I was, well, here's the thing. With the cake, the love gun yes. cake. I got Night Ranger it, opened up. Yes. I couldn't even remember who opened up. But you know what the funniest yeah. thing is? They had to they had to curtain off half the place because they weren't selling any tickets at that time. Oh, yeah, Yet yeah. everybody I've met in my entire life was it's at been that show. show. Well, yeah, yeah. And I remember it was yeah. Creatures and it was Vinny Vincent. Vinny Vincent. Because yeah. they had the cover story that he broke his hand but the... he quit. Well, I don't remember that. Yeah, what happened was they had a deal that Ace was still supposed to be in the band. He wanted to quit after the music. Oh, the right, right, right. So they said, just be quiet. We'll say you couldn't go on tour. And they had Vinnie Vincent take yeah. over for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I think they canceled the tour right after that because it wasn't selling. Very well, well. They, they weren't selling Remember tickets Remember the tank? They, they, the big the tank on the drum set? Oh, it was great. And Night Ranger was cool because this here's the goofiest thing about this show. I couldn't go by myself. Here I am, 15 years old, and my mom had to take me to the concert, <laughs> which is highly embarrassing. But, hey, I got to go. Whatever, yeah, yeah. And I remember my mom, I told her about this later on. She flatly denies it. But I said, yeah, you really like the drummer in Night Ranger because you used to sit sideways. And she goes, I did. And I go, yeah, because he had striped spandex, and you really got into that. <laughs> my mom, I was like, what? But I'm like, who was that guitarist in there? Oh, yeah, like you really like the show because it was funny. Huh? Who was that guitarist? Jeff Watson. I always forget right, his name. Phenomenal. Great guitar Great player. Great guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> Great what band. Was, what was your... Actually, on that one, a couple years ago, I went to, I can't remember what it's called now. It used to be Starlight, or Starlight Amphitheater outside of Pittsburgh, but it was Cheap Trick, Def Leppard, and Poison. Wow. Yeah. And Brett Michaels, because he, he's from that area, Yeah, he was home and he was having a blast. But I had never seen Def Leppard before. The the one-armed drummer, God, that guy is good. <laughs> yeah, like, that was one of the craziest things I'd ever seen. Yeah. He had but, a charisma because I saw when I saw Def Leppard here, they just had this charisma about him. People were really into it. And they just, I remember they did Traveling Man at the end. We're saying, Play too late for love. You didn't play it. Yeah. Then he took off. Ellie took off his shirt and he had an American flag on. But actually, and on that note, I wanted to 
because you were talking about the crowd. Do you think a crowd can really change the the feel of a show? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because yeah. Oh, absolutely. the crowd yeah. at, at this show, they were nuts. So it was really, really, well, really I can, good. I can tell you from experience, um, you know, doing it, it, it. See, here's the thing. When you're on stage and you're playing... Talking about Gothic Toad or Lou Graham now. Well, Gothic hit a Gothic Graham. Hit Gothic <laughs> Graham. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't supposed to talk about that. Jesus. <laughs> Exclusive here, folks. <laughs> no, when you when you're up there playing, I mean, I've done shows. Let's just take Lou as an example. Okay, we've done corporate shows. When you're playing, and there might be three thousand, four thousand people out there, whatever it is. But if it's a corporate event and they're just sitting their suit and their ties and they're 70, 60 years old, you know they don't give you know what about the music. They're just there because this is an event. So, you know, we're up there playing, but if you if you see people just sitting there shoveling food into their mouth and, and turn to their buddy doing a business deal over the volume and 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 you know they're not getting into it, then you don't get into it. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it's a big circle. And and when we we did uh uh an 80s cruise back in March with Rick Springfield and Loverboy and it's all these 80s acts and these people once they're trapped on a boat drinking game over and, and <laughs> oh man and I tell you those are probably two of the best shows I ever did with Lou because they went nuts we went nuts because they they went it's a big feedback loop so you're up there playing they're going crazy you get it back from them and it's just you can't explain it or put I it saw, in I words. think about with that Van Halen because I saw people throwing panties on stage well I can't say that's ever happened to me playing with Lou but I can understand that would be very cool maybe in the the grand because Van Gothic Halen was always sort of the party atmosphere and everything and yeah. they had the big thing it was like supposed to be New Year's every night. Well, it, it, it's, back it's just, then it probably yeah. was. I mean, what was yeah. your favorite show ever? So, for, I mean, as of tonight, just Mine? yeah, your best. Uh, or as I, of I, today? It, no, no, I, I, my, the best show I've ever seen, hands down, was this July, and it was in. It actually was in Pittsburgh at the, the amphitheater there, and it was Slayer's last tour. Oh, did they do Rain and Blood? Oh yeah. If they didn't, then they, they, they would have probably burned that. The, burned first, that first off, the first off, the entire the entire like event was like run spotless. You know, so they would say first band comes on, let's say it's seven o'clock, and they're done at seven forty-five. I'm talking at seven forty-five, done, and within five minutes, next band's on plane. I mean, they had it done, oh. and then Slayer came out. Ah, game, game over. over. Game <laughs> over. <Jinx>. They were. <laughs> They were unbelievable, unbelievable. The, the, the show, the and I, I for the life of me, I couldn't understand how that drummer, uh, Paul Bostaff, was uh, playing for him this time. I remember seeing them at the Penny Arcade, being scared like hell because well, of the guys in the hoods. So <laughs> there so were guys in hoods. But, but, but yeah. the amount of the amount of time that this that they're playing and there's flames. So you've got your your um, speakers and then. Like above the speakers, just kind of behind them, is this you know, call it a propane tune, whatever, shooting these this wall of flames. So the rest of the band's in front of it. That's got to be hot enough to begin with, and the the speed that they're playing at is another thing. But then they also have these flames that are shoot like shooting straight up and then horizontal, and it's cr- you know creating crosses, upside down crosses, and all that stuff. But it's all like right around the drummer. I'm like, how the hell is he not dusting out? I mean, you got to, the, the speed that he's drumming with the flame and the you gotta heat. got to be in good like, shape, dude. Holy yeah. crap. You got to be in good shape to play that stuff. He used to car, carb load before yeah. playing the drums. It's amazing. I'll tell you, that show was 
two years ago, we were doing, two years ago, not to take it back to me, but I will, because it's, no. But I'll tell you, as a drummer, it it can get hot. We did a lot of outdoor shows when it was 90 degrees a couple summers ago, and I played behind a plexiglass screen, because that's Lou's wish. And, you know, even the lights will go down, still be 90 degrees, or the sun will go down, but they turn on these old, some of these places still had old lights that produced a lot of heat. So it was like being in a sauna, you know, I'm getting... Oh, it probably hits a plexiglass and then just... Well, I'm getting no breeze because the plexiglass, oh, grass yeah, yeah. Is, <laughs> plexiglass is blocking the, the wind, but, the, you know, so in other words, to be a drummer, it, it, I can imagine playing in Slayer because it's more physical. It's nuts. You know, you got to be in good shape. Well, Neil Peart said during some of the tours with Rush, he would have diarrhea and keep a bucket. Oh. <laughs> well, that's TMI, but I'll, yeah. I Mundane that. warrior. Hey, I got one. Cause you were talking about favorite shows that you went to. Is there a show that somebody has told you about that they went to that you wish you could have been at, either because of who it was or the, or the hilarity surrounding it? Yes. I one example one. I have, my, one of my friends... Because you mentioned earlier, saw Loverboy at the Letchworth Bowling Alley. Oh, shit. <laughs> like they set up a, a like um, they set between up a, lanes four and eight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they set up a little stage over the lanes, like that, just for the hilarity factor. To say you saw Loverboy at the Letchworth Bowling Alley. I think Quiet Riot did shows like that too in the nineties when everybody. I the saw it the arcade. Wow. I remember that, but one I, I had look. I got to give them all credit for still yeah, doing it, yeah. though, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I got to say, Black Oak, Arkansas, at the Festival Ten here. I heard about it. I heard Jim Dandy, who, if you've never seen Jim Dandy, he was basically who David Lee Roth stole his look from. He came out snozzled, drunk, swore at the audience, and fell off the stage. Jim Dandy. Yeah. You mean the David Lee Roth uh, yeah. uh, impersonator? Well, yeah. No, David Lee Roth impersonated him. Or the seventies <laughs> pro. But I guess he came out swearing at the stage. Was Why Tommy Aldridge in the band at the time? I never saw him. That was the thing. I heard about it. Oh, you heard about it. That okay. was the one I would have loved to see just yeah. for the humor factor that he fell off the stage. <laughs> he was gone. So two, two, two artists, bands that I wish I would have seen. Um, not for hilarity purposes or just like really, really wish I would have seen. One is Steve Vai. Uh, not Steve Vai. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, oh, God, I really, really wish I would have had the opportunity to see him. And the other one is Concrete Blonde. Oh, Jeanette Napolitano. Yeah, would have loved, oh. would love to see Concrete Blonde, but I mean, they don't. I mean, she occasionally does some stuff, but yeah. Do you have any wish list or anything you wish you saw? Every band I didn't see. Live music is just, it's a thing that I, I really. Well, I would pull one. We have That's to talk. Good answer, about man. It. Drop the mic. Yeah, <laughs> we would have to talk about Iron Maiden. Unless you have one, oh, you have one you've never seen. You I wish I had been at the Auditorium Theater when Ozzy and Randy played in '81. I yeah. do too. I would have. Well, killed the, you know, the one that kills concert. me—they they appeared on Channel 31. Right, Ozzy did. That was at the time. And the problem the was, the concert. they knew my family, and I remember afterwards. Oh, if you knew, if we knew you liked Ozzy, you could have came and met him. <laughs> well, like thank you very like, much, yeah. you sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> They, they went down to the Orange Monkey and were jamming, too, I guess. Yeah, I remember that show hearing it, but I, my mom made my dad go to concerts with me at first. Yeah. So I was in the same boat as you. Yeah. So that was, but I would have loved to have seen it, but I missed the yeah. opportunity. Yeah, they were at the House of Guitars doing a signing, you know? I mean, it's just like, I guess, man, if I was five years older, I guess you I could find there, that you know? footage on YouTube still sometime, like them playing there. Where? I've heard... Like well, my the, one the, friend Matt, the, the after hours, the thirty, the, the, the one at House Guitars. Thing. They got, I think they got Zach. They got some of Zach Wild playing there. Oh, I've got that on yeah. a bootleg. Yeah. Yep. Throwing back to the Quiet Riot comment, you know, one of the saddest things that I think that happened in rock and roll was Kevin DeRose's death. 
Yeah. And he was at the time playing bar mitzvahs for 90 bucks. Well, he was and really. I saw him at the Penny Arcade. He was a DJ too. He was uh, he was uh, living in Vegas, I think, or something like that. I saw him at the Penny Arcade. Rudy Sarzo shook my shook my hand. I've never mm-hmm. watched it yet. No. So, you know, <laughs> but Kevin Dubrow wouldn't talk to anybody. He was the one person. There. I remember seeing him walk around the arcade, kind of kind of aloof. You yeah. know, kind he just wouldn't talk to anybody. Yeah, I talked to Carl, Carlos Cavazo. Talked my ear off oh, twice. They played the Penny Arcade within a couple times, and he acted like he knew me, and I couldn't figure it out. But it was cool talking to him. And he told me he had cars. He was at a Toad show. Yes, that's got to be it. He told me he had a Lamborghini he bought back in the day when they had money. And at this time in the 90s when I was, you know, I saw him there, he goes, because I can't drive it anymore. I go, why not? And he goes, I can't afford the insurance on it anymore because wow. he, he had no money There's anymore. a story. It was somebody, I think, from Rough Cut or one of those bands. And what he said was they had a record deal in the time. First album, they figured that you were going to hit it big and then it would go down. What happened with them is he said they would, that's how it went. The first album it would go really big, and then it would they would go down. But they figured the way he signed the deal was first album you got to get established, second album, then the third, you finally get the money. So he said they made nothing off the first album once it hit, little second, third album they sold to about three people and relatives. So now <laughs> when I worked at a record, I got a job at a record store, and they asked me what my job was. Uh, I've never I don't have any experience, but you may have had some of my records in here. Who was this saying? Somebody, I don't know. It was one of those bands like Rough Cut or one of those type of bands from the 80s. Uh, I don't know. So, But one band that exists and is going to play in Buffalo next year and still is doing very well is Iron Maiden, which rules. Oh, hell yeah. Favorite band of all time. Greatest band of all time. Have you liked Hands Paul Diano stuff? I, I like Paul the, the only I like Paul Diano stuff, which is completely di- different than Bruce Dickinson stuff. Not a fan of, of Bay's Blaze. Blaze Bailey, I like this stuff. What well, went on with that? Because I remember Bruce left Bruce for a while. They came just, back. I, I think probably over toured, and that's what I think happened to them. Wanted it, well, him and Helford left at the same time yeah, and yeah, kind of rejoined it, the band. Yeah, wanted to do different things. You know, getting his pilot's license. Wanted to do that. Bruce and, is a very. For those of you who don't know, Bruce is a very interesting man. He fences. He's yeah. Artemis. Is it Artemis? Is it yeah, Artemis. Uh, he flies. He's a commercial pilot. Um, yeah. I've heard, I've heard he flies that, yeah. them around on tour. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I yeah, remember, but, like I was. So their new their new thing is so what they typically do. Let's say they come out with a new album, they tour on the new album, right? They'll do Europe, then they do America, and then the next tour cycle is some type of best of. Yeah, but when they do the new album, that's all they play is the new right, album. Right, right. Which is, but I think the, that's great. They played the old to somewhere in time tour because they said a lot of people now have never heard this stuff. Yeah, so they come out with a new album, they tour and they play that new album. They'll play a couple of the older tunes, but they really kind of focus on the new album, which is great for a, a band that's been around that long to still be able to do that and their fans still show up. Then the next year they do like a best of and they'll tour Europe for a year somewhere, you know, and then, then they'll come to the U.S. So they were doing the, the Legacy of the Beast, and they did Europe, and I'm like, all right, they're going to be coming to the U.S. They're going to be coming to the U.S. And then the announcement comes out, okay, they're touring the U.S. I immediately grab my phone. I text my youngest son, you are not working on this day. <laughs> like August 13th, 2019, wherever you're working, tell them you have to have off. I'm bringing you to a maiden show. It's amazing they're selling tickets that far in advance. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the thing, it'll probably be sold out. Well, very yeah. soon. So I, 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 I bought I bought pre-sale tickets. How much? If you don't mind me asking. It was like ninety five dollars a ticket. That's and not that I'm in section. Actually. I'm in like section one hundred, like one nineteen or one sixteen or something like that. And you go on because it's pre-sale. I'm like okay, and I've got friends. Are you gonna get to? Yeah, I'm gonna. Okay, 
get me, I need two, I need three. Okay, I gotta get four here. I'm like, shit, man, this is gonna cost me a shit ton of money. I'm like, you guys better have the money here to pay me. Yeah, they'll pay you at the concert. Right. So, <laughs> no, no, so man, we'll here. Pick you up there. <laughs> buy a shirt. So I was, I was, li- I was, li- I'll buy a beer. I was, I was up to like 11 tickets. Like, I gotta buy 11 <laughs> tickets. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, okay, all right, I think I can do this. As long as I get the money, like, right away, I'm good. Um, I go online, you, you're capped at four. Wow. Oh. So I'm like, okay, I buy my four. And I'm like, I got a brilliant idea. I buy the four, I log out, I go to log back in. Like, I'm going to lock your four, email. Buy, I'm going to buy five, four more, right? Yeah. You've already used your allotted pre sale. Wow. You can't do it. And this was this was for the Maiden like, fan club oh. deal. And then, like, two days later, they had another pre sale. Some other, I think it was like, um, I don't know, Key Bank Arena pre sale. And my buddy's like, hey, you know, there's this other presale. You can try. All right, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can get them. I go on. They wouldn't even let me buy those presale oh, tickets. Wow. I already bought the four. So then I had to go. Doesn't any of your other friends have charge cards? That well, so so now, it goes, <laughs> so now it gets to the point like, look, dude, tickets are on sale on, on Friday, general. You yeah, know, you can go on at 10 a.m. Here's where I'm sitting. You're responsible to get your own. Great. Right. Nice. I have a question about the tours, though. You know the new album and then the best of tour. Yeah. On that best of tour, do they just play every song they've ever made? They they play could. a lot of their hits. Well, <laughs> yeah, they'd yeah, be yeah. there all night they, if they, they did they that. Well, that sounds about right. I mean, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner alone is twenty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is even their longest tune. Yeah, right. I know. This is what not to do when the bird shits on you. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. The other one I love Bruce Spiel about the Katama Land, because Frank Herbert wouldn't give him permission to use Dune because oh, yeah. they were a metal band. Really. <laughs> So he's like, "Fuck you! We're gonna call it the Tamerlane." My favorite Iron Maiden tune of all time is "Still Life." Oh, what a great! And song. I've never heard them play that live. And it's fucking killing me. I love when they pull that out. Yeah, I think I'm that's my second favorite. The Troopers definitely number one for me. Well, that record yeah. is my favorite record. Peace yeah. of Mind is my favorite Maiden album. Yeah, that's the first time they headlined here. Yeah. I remember that was the first that was the concert I almost died at because that was the one <laughs> we we go in there and when Dave were playing the Star Spangled Banner, the crowd, everything went black. And I'm going, Oh no, I'm reliving the Who seventy seven and I managed to get back, get a drink of water, wow. and watch it from the back, but the crowd that was the first one, the crowd. Well that's was when you go to a show and you get there early to stand up close to the seats. Four yeah. o'clock yeah. because we were so into Iron Maiden. But wasn't that the day yeah. when when a concert went on sale at the tickets, you go downtown to the box office in the middle of winter, you stood in line, you got your tickets. It's like you, it was like it was like an event just to get the ticket. Yeah, it was the hunt. It we was would the hunt. stamp overnight sometimes. Like, yeah. Damn you, Internet. played Hollander Stadium. When I played yeah. Silver Stadium, we camped out overnight. Well, is it, but it, so it was kind of an event. And well, then I, t- I camped out for maiden tickets. It was yeah. just, you know, I slept in my bed and just got up the next day. Yeah, you can't. He slept in the recliner by the computer. <laughs> and then you go to the show and you get there early. So you can, as soon as you open the doors, you go running. You know, what I mean, it was so cool. And now it, it, it's like what Jeff and everybody does. You just sit there and pay, you know, a thousand dollars to ticket. Master and ten dollars to the band and bam you. That's the other thing I have to say. Back in our day, God, I sound old. Back in our day, my boys, when we took the carriages, we took the horses in the shows. I'm thinking about. I keep all my concert stubs. I got mine. The prices. Oh, I wish I wish I did. The prices. It's amazing now. Yeah. My so here's here's cool. Like a ticket stub story. Um, my brother had my brother kept keeps all his tickets, and I used to take him to shows all the time. You know, I like I'd bring him to Backstreet's, a bar, and see, and he'd be like ten or eleven years old, and he's like standing there just 
showing all these all these bands. Well, a couple Christmases ago, he gets me a doormat hmm. for my house. But the doormat is the ticket stub oh. for Iron Maiden and Anthrax <laughs> at the War Memorial. Oh, that's cool. And they, that's tur- cool. they turned it into... They take a photo of it. And yes, it, and yeah. they turned yeah. it into a doormat. Wow. It was sitting right that's in awesome. the kitchen. That's right by my sliding glass door. My wife's like... Why is this here? I go because like, nobody's wiping their feet on it. That's where it needs to be. This is history, right? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. One of the other things too is just for me. One of the things I'll bring up with all this music is for me one of the most underrated guitarists. We don't really even hear them about anymore. From Doc and George Lynch. Really, he does like twenty oh, albums yeah, a year. No, but I mean he's, he's not. Who really stuff. brings them up is, you know, one of the great guitarists of the day in those days. I think, oh, it, I think it's because people are embarrassed to. to Talk about docking. That's docking. Dude, I was people at, are embarrassed of that docking kind of love. I was at the do- <laughs> speaking of concerts that are memorable. I was at the show when they opened for Priest, and George had a problem with his guitar tech, and right on stage he punched the guy in the face. <laughs> I swear to God. And then they were done with the show, or they're d- done with their set except the encore. And on the encore, George must have walked behind the back line, came out the other side, and the guitar tech was coming out the main side that George should have come out with his guitar. And George was just looking at him, reaching for the guitar, and you can see sparks going from his face. I have the one story from that. The guitar. I used to go see Crazy Train, my pal Pat. He might be on the carnival down the line. They would come here. The one guitarist had a lot of problems. But it turned out, I see Pat, they come play, he goes, where's where's he? Oh, he's not in the band anymore. Well, what happened to him? Well, he's he's got some issues. Well, he got hired. He played for Dio for two weeks. Then he got fired. And I guess he was playing all the notes wrong. Who is this? What guy? I can't remember his name now. I'll send it to you sometime. Huh. But he played for deal for two weeks. I guess he unzipped his pants and pissed on the amp and walked off stage. That would do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're going to go out. Oh, my God. That's a little bit of such a thing. Yeah. You know, Doc and I saw them in 2004, and I was never really into them in the 80s when they were out. They did a fantastic show in 2004. They sounded twice as good as they did in the 80s. They were, I loved I was a big Doc and fan ever since I heard... Uh, Tooth and Nail came out. And, Paris is burning. Paris is burning pre, pre, pre that. Changed. But I tell you, I, you know, as good as George Lynch is, and he's a great guitar player, if if, if any of you guys heard any of the stuff uh, the last... Lynch Bob? No, no, no. No, the stuff he does with no, no, no. Pinnock from... Uh, well, that stuff's good, too, but I'm talking about Dockin albums. Anybody heard the last few Dockin no, albums with no. John Levin playing guitar? No. If you close your eyes, you would swear it's Lynch. This guy has Lynch down better than Lynch does now. <laughs> He plays that Doc and stuff because George can can never do the same thing twice. If you ever hear him play the leads to any of these songs, he gets it close, but he just doesn't. He, he just can't recreate what he did. He's one of those people that just can never do it. Because twice. Because we are random and we have to talk about it just for a couple of minutes. You guys are all Steelers fans, and how do you think it's going? <laughs> yeah, well, tell me how about how it looks like Roethlisberger's on purpose throwing passes he's to the a, opposition. What the fuck was what the hell's going pass? on? <laughs> I know. Well, the I, last two games he's done but it. That, but that, the one at the Denver game, Jesus Christ. I think he's given the got, game you, away. You're on the you two-yard two line, line, line and you throw it to the nose defensive lineman. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's for yeah, another so, episode. So here, I blame here, here's, here's, all right, here's my issue with the Steelers. I love the Steelers. I've always been a fan of the Steelers. I used to like really get upset during the, the, the drafts, like, oh, they got to draft this guy. Why aren't they signing this guy? And then I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? Fuck They've it. had years and years of success. they got a lot of people that know a lot more than me. I'm just going to sit back, watch the game, and enjoy it, right? But the problem that I have is the coaching schemes. Yeah. I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why you never change your game plan, specifically in defense. Fucking zone defense. Your your secondary blow has blown for a while. They're getting better now. 
But you go and you play, what was it, two or three years ago, you're going to play the Patriots in, in the AFC, I think it was the AFC Championship yeah, and game. And tearing you apart. And, and, and the, the best one was two weeks earlier, the Patriots are playing the Chiefs, and the Chiefs almost beat almost beat the Patriots. And they played man D. They jammed the receivers at the line, threw off, threw um, Brady off the, his timing, and then we come in and go, "Hey, let's play uh, five ten yards deep. Yeah. We're gonna play a zone." And they fucking go up and down, and you never fucking change it. Yeah. Even at like, halftime, what the fuck. Even at halftime, like, nope, we're gonna play that song. We won't zone. talk about Mike Tomlin with you. Oh no. my god, like that just drives me up the wall. And then the next year, hey, let's play, let's play fucking. Zone again. Okay, we better get you, off that. You have, you have like the most talented team, offensive, like unbelievable, and you can't fucking get out of the playoffs. So what you're saying, Rob, is you don't really have many feelings about this. I know you're gonna. You really need to express yourself. <laughs> Otherwise, how are we gonna know what's going on? That's my issue. Mike, I'm a casual Steelers fan at this point. Mike, Mike Munchak for Emperor of the Universe. I, I, I will say this though, like you know, I'm a Steelers fan, and one one thing I really liked about the Steelers is. You know the character of the ownership. You know, they, to their credit, they don't make, you know, you know, just quick decisions. I mean, mm. what three coaches in since one hundred forty years? Nineteen sixty nine. There's only <laughs> been three coaches. You know, and it's like if you don't have high high moral character, they don't want you on the team. And what really bothered me is that stuff that happened with Roethlisberger. I was well, kind of surprised mm. they kept them all. Like the the, all. the first the first time I'm guy. Right, you know, this could be somebody. Just accusing him, trying to get some money. So I gave him the benefit of the doubt, you know. But I'm still like, I don't know, man. Like, how do you do that? And then the second one comes around. This and I, I remember it, it came around. I dro- when I drove home from work, walk into my house. I go to my kids. I go, hey, go up in uh, your bedrooms and get your uh, Roethlisberger jerseys. They're like, why? I go, just go, just go get them. <laughs> and throw then, them and, in the garbage. Yeah, they grab the jersey. I go, put them in the garbage. <laughs> and they're like, what? I go, you're not wearing that dude's jersey. Like, we're done. Like, I'll root for the team, but that fucking guy, I, I couldn't deal with it. Well, before you have a nervous breakdown, we're going to go. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I thought this was about fun. Yes, it is. Well, well, I thought that was, I thought yeah, that was watching Jeff, watching Jeff have a meltdown. Yeah, that was fun to watch. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> if you could ever find the ghost of Mike Sheldon, you could reunite. <laughs> but one of the things, again, Iron Maiden next year, they're not playing a little club. They're not playing a bowling alley. They're playing a big arena. What's this, what do you think the staying power is of this kind of music? It's not just nostalgia because it could be nostalgia for a while, but if it sucks, it wouldn't last. They'd be playing yeah. at the bug yard, which but they're I still love. playing. I mean, they're still on top of their game. Yeah. And there's still uh, the, the thing is, some bands can get by just playing their hits. You know what I mean? But but bands like Maiden still want to create, and I think a lot of bands like Rush and Maiden, their fans still want to hear new music, and it still gives them integrity. And that's why you have the loyalty from the fans. Rush fans, as I've seen Rush an awful lot, and they always seem like they get better. Neil Peart always says we're always looking for that perfect gig. And yeah. the fans are into it. They they don't just rest on their laurels. Well, if you're if there's certain bands that are more artsy, like a Maiden, a Rush, a Queensrÿche, and the, and Dream Theater, and those fans stick with those guys no matter what they do. They know what Mike Port and I ate for breakfast yesterday. You know what I mean? That's and they stick with their bands. It's not like a banana casual pancakes, thing. By the way. Yes, banana yeah. pancakes. Yeah. Well, we saw Jeff Tate play here, and you know you know the follow up to that thing when they played at the German House. Yeah. Somebody worked there was telling me I was there a while later. I think we were there for happy hour. 
And he's saying, oh, did you go to the Jeff Tate sale? I go, yes, I did. My friends opened for them. Ha ha. Fox 45, we've been on here. So he said, there's a guy great, down. Great local band, by the way. There's a, there's a guy down here. If this is the show, he's talking to me. Talk to him for over two hours. And somebody, that was Jeff Tate. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I, nice. I wasn't interested in going to the show. I went. He did a great job. Yeah. Like I, I mean, and I remember when they he, opened for Kiss. He, he changed the. Oh yeah. He changed how he how he presented the music, so he you can't hit the notes. Anymore. Yeah. So so it fit like where he could actually the range that he had, which I thought was great. Yeah. But those kind of bands, because there is a, these bands are still doing great. Mm-hmm. But it's the bands like I was saying that have the 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 fans that have always been good to their fans. You know, a, let's take Poison or a Def Leppard. Well, no, Def Leppard is not a good case because they still have a good following. But there are, there are bands that just create a casual following, and then there are bands that have die real diehards. You know, it's mostly guide bands. You know, it, 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 you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. it does. There's yeah. a book called Fargo Rock City where the guy in it's from Fargo, and he talks about growing up in the Burbs, how he related to these bands. And then Kiss had that idea, of, okay, not everybody can go to L.A. or anything. We're going to come to you. And a lot of people follow those kind of bands. Yeah, because if you're in small town USA and then all of a sudden here's a rock band coming to your, you know, community community baseball field and playing, you're like, I'm going to follow these guys. And my to friend the who grew up in Brockwood said sometimes, that. Sometimes, like, a band, they, like, if you lose, a, like, a certain member of that band, it can kind of lose like the quality. The, the, I don't think Kiki did, but I'll use Queensryche as, as an example. When Jeff DeGarmo left that band, Chris or Chris, Chris to get my bad, thanks. Chris DeGarmo <laughs> left that band. I don't think they put out anything good. No, they didn't. Like, it, like the, the, you know, you're waiting for the. I get you're never going to recreate Operation Mindcrime. Like, like that almost unbelievable. They tried with Operation Mindcrime too, which not good. Although the last record they put out last couple of years is really good. Is it? It's the first good one I think since. Is this with the new guy singing? Uh, oh yeah. It's, yeah, the it's new really good. So maybe he's put some new life into him. Yeah. The new song that they got, I think the album comes out in April, but the new song that they just released was really really good. But I think they like as soon as Krista Krista Garmo left the band, the quality just went downhill. Well, it depends, you know, some bands can get by with that kind of stuff and some if if it's a key <clears throat> member that writes the songs, right. that's when you know, you can go down the tubes because all of a sudden the guy that wrote all the hits you love is, right. is yeah. history. So you then think, what do you do? But you yeah. think like Maiden, like Steve Harris is drives that band, and you know, I mean, he, he that's his band. Yeah. He's the the sole original, like going way, 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 way back to the beginning. He was the guy, and well, you know, that's we could obviously. I hope anymore. you guys have had fun. Yeah, doing you want to come back do this again? Yeah, no, sure. Yeah, and we'll do yeah. some other stuff. And if sure. Gothic Toad ever reunites, we want an in show. Yeah. We want a performance here. Well, I've got the tapes, so well, we can we'll always hear, play. But the there'll tapes. be a line yeah, around you, the you block don't want and my everything. Calling you, man. And <laughs> I know we do a lot of us these days. I, I, I gotta get it off of YouTube. Dude, I do not want to be dealing with the, the press again. I, I just got my head in the right spot. You mean forty years later, you finally cleared? You your know head? how many psychiatrists I had to go to? Oh man! But a lot of us here, we're into plugs, not into hair plugs, as we. Well, there was the bootleg out, Tail of the Toad, and didn't you get the proceeds from that? You'll notice that it's not out there anymore because oh, I pulled that's, it. Oh, yeah. That's where it went. But we are into plugs here, not just hair plugs that some of us need at this age. <laughs> well, so all of us have little things we bring to the table and we're involved in. If we'll just go down the line. We're all for helping our friends out, plugging everything, check them out. They're all cool. But we'll just start with John and go down. What are you involved in? Oh, sure. I, I work with Domino's Pizza. We've got 14 locations in western New York. And uh, I like 
to interact with people who like to eat pizza. <laughs> I think yeah. we're good friends. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Did you ever think, too, where you just sold enormous amounts of pizza at that one thing in Buffalo, the Comic-Con? Oh, the we didn't Comic-Con? sell there. We didn't sell there, but we were involved with the Buffalo Comic-Con at the convention center, and we were able to give out a lot of coupons and free pizzas and spinning wheels. And what was the one you told me about where you ran out of pizza? Some fest or something recently? Uh, well, every you, time. No, you said you could sell how many, and you ended up upping them. <laughs> then we'll, we'll save that story for okay. another time, but uh, I set the daily record for pizza sales in Sturgis, South Dakota, and the weekly record for that pizza sales in Sturgis, South Dakota. And imagine, was I'm it during the Sturgis event? It was during yeah. the Sturgis event. That was it. It was Sturgis. August. That was the one. Yep. And which, I'm on a diet. I wasn't even there to help. Which I'll tell you that uh, <laughs> we were told before we went out to this event that it would be a really wild and crazy time. It was really just a large number of doctors and attorneys who rode bikes <laughs> and would say, woohoo, about every 15 minutes. Well, we minutes. may talk bikes and get Jeff on there about that. Sometimes. Are they the fake Harley guys that fly there no, and they have fly tra- their bike there yeah, and then trail, get off and ride it's it? trailer. It's trailer. Yeah. Yeah. But Jeff, anything for you? What are you starting? You started a business, didn't you, this year? Yeah, um... And how do we get a hold of you, too, if you like, yep. want to do this? So about a year ago, I uh, left a traditional corporation and went into a startup uh, based out of Silicon Valley, Palo Alto. It's an insure tech business. Uh, it's an online insurance shopping service. Uh website's called Get Jerry, so www.getjerry.com. You just sign up. We ask, for, I think, three bits of information. And we'll take your, we'll get all of your info associated with your cars right now. We'll have home up and running shortly. And we'll bring it to the marketplace. And here's the rates for what your risk is. And if you want to switch, hit a button. We'll switch you. If you don't want to, no big deal. At renewal, we'll redo it again. So, in essence, we take insurance shopping and put it on a cruise control for you. Awesome. So, so yeah. Rob, what's rolling on for you? With me? Can you drum something up now? Drum something. <laughs> but oh. Bad joke. Um, so yeah, so I don't do Lou Graham anymore. Lou's retiring his band, um, and, uh, and doing other things next year. So, but, uh, I just, uh, I'm reuniting with my old friend, Joe Camo, who was in a band on Metal Blade Records called Liege Lord. And they put out a few records in the late eighties, early nineties. And in 2000, uh, we played the Wacken Open Air Festival, which is like the biggest in the world metal festival, Sweden? uh, Germany. And uh, we we recorded a record uh, for uh, Uriah Heat tribute record. We recorded a song for that. And then since then, the band, without me, has done reunion shows here and there. And now they need a drummer. And uh, it's uh, so next year, uh, if everything works out, I'll be going to uh, Athens, Greece. There's two shows um, in March. Uh, One of them is co-headlining with Armored Saint. And oh, uh, dude, festival over in, in Greece, yeah. That's like a top five band for me right there. And then we're going to uh, Germany in May. I don't know what the gig is there yet. And then there's some U.S. dates in September. Um, one's in Chicago, and they're trying to plan a couple around that date. Uh, Joe is still tour manager for Yes, and Yes is going to be busy most of next year. So there's not going to be a lot of Liege Lord dates, so I'm looking for other things to do too. But at least I got that going for me, as they would say in Caddyshack. So... <laughs> So I'll be going over to Europe, playing some shows, um, heading hitting uh, heading to Nam in January again. You know, Nam's no no you guys ever been to Nam? It's just phenomenal. It's the big uh, musician equipment hang out in L.A. for a weekend in January where everybody goes. A lot of shows around the event. All the vendors are there. All the musicians go. Uh, went there earlier this year. That's that's a blast. So I'll be doing that. And, uh, 
And so that's it for me so far. Anyways, excellent. excellent. If I would have been paying attention, I had a great joke. Sweden, no Brockport. Yeah, <laughs> oh, but I, I was a, I was a split <laughs> second too slow on that one. Damn. But well, yeah. Uh, and now to do our business, whatever the hell this was, was brought to you by our good friends at Upsetnik and Associates Law Offices, soon to be the legal representation for Gothic Toad and the reunion. <laughs> we'll give you a call on that one. Find them on Facebook, Upsitnik and Associates. Find them online, UpsitniksLaw.com. Oh, my. This was a good one. And uh, now we have a whole lot of new information on things that are going on around the world. And I might chill down wherever you are. We miss you. <laughs> Anything else? Anybody uh, yeah, have a funny the goodbye? Irons, dude, I don't think we found the album. We better get out of these things before it collapses. And hell, we told everybody where our secret lair was, so we'll be out of here by the time you hear this. Ah, tough. Bye-bye. Yep, see y'all. <laughs>